Welcome everybody to another episode of the Overstated NBA Show. We've got kind of a jam-packed show for you. We are recording this on a Sunday. So Brett and I are going to hop on later on this evening after the Celtics Heat game. Kind of do a brief recap of that and transition into Monday. Um, on this episode, we're obviously we're going to talk about LeBron 10 NBA Finals. Woo! LeBron, we're going to do a little uh, talk about Denver a little bit. And then we're going to talk about Jimmy Butler. Um, we appreciate all the support that everyone's given to us. If you could please subscribe, comment, rate, um, the, you know, those comments and how you guys rate each episode is kind of dictate the show. What do you guys want to hear? Your feedback is always valuable to us and we really appreciate that. So without further ado, here's Brett, Jacob and myself. Appreciate everybody. What is up, my two homies, my brothers from another mother, Brett and Jacob? How are we doing today, fellas? Chilling, man. Just just kind of waking up over here on the West Coast, having my coffee. Um, yeah, ready to talk some hoops. Biggest game of the year on later today. So, you know, I'm counting the hours to that. And and like you said in the intro, we'll come on and talk about that later on. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice Sunday, to say the least. It oh, is man. a nice it's, Sunday. It's... Jacob, how are you doing, brother? Oh man, the um the temperatures here have plummeted. Now I don't know what it would be in Fahrenheit, like 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 forty or something. It's 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 bad over here. It's probably colder today than it will be for Brett at Christmas. That's how bad it is right now. It's horrible weather. Oh man. Oh, yeah, I suppose Wisconsin. You're used to that shit, but I, love it. I hate I love it. it. It's bonfire <laughs> weather, baby. Put a little bonfire on outside. Getting it's hoodie weather, baby. Let's go. My kind 75 of and sunny right here, man. 75 and sunny today. Oh, so oh, humble great yeah. Brett. Here he comes. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's the weather, man. I, it's got nothing to do with me, man. That's, that's the beauty of it, though. It's, uh, it's the one thing you really, you really can't control. And so when it's nice, it's extra nice. I love it. I love it. So, hey, boys, let's kind of get into it. Um, I, as as I said in the intro, um, we're, we're going to talk about the, the Eastern Conference uh, finals. Um, Brett and I will probably jump on later on tonight. I, I should be able to, you know, for those of you that don't know, my Green Bay Packers play the Saints tonight, Sunday night football. Let's go, baby. Um, so we're, but we're going to, I'll be flipping as usual and I'll, I'll try to hop on with Brett. If not, Brett will do it solo and we'll kind of give our thoughts on that, that the magician Brett will edit into this episode. But we do have one team going to the NBA Finals. It's um, it's the Lakers. Um, <laughs> and, um, and and you got to give it to them. I mean, they they were impressive. I I'm never one to judge a team. Um, you know, they 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 play on who's in front of them. We're not going to say that. You know, they they had an easy schedule. Even if they did, you know, that's not that's not their fault. But it's pretty cool. I, it's always cool to witness greatness witness greatness I and mean, we see it with the nfl and there's been some you know with, with tom brady and brett and i and jake i mean granted we were we were younger but we saw it with michael jordan and now we're, we're seeing it with lebron um 10 nba finals uh three different teams uh it, it's pretty impressive you can even say four technically because i you know he went from cleveland went to the nba finals with them as first stint then, to my, then miami then back to cleveland and and now the lakers and it's pretty impressive and kind of you know jacob we'll start with you kind of what what does this do for lebron's legacy i know it's very early on and i hate talking about that stuff but i think you know we'd be we'd be kind of failing our viewers if we didn't mention it i mean it it's super impressive i'm assuming that they're going to be the favorite no matter who comes out of the east what what are are kind of your thoughts on that jacob well, yeah, there is. I mean, my, I think the craziest thing is apart from last year where LeBron was injured, 
He has made nine out of the last 10 NBA finals, regardless what the team is. Yeah. You think there are players who, you know, uh, most of the league have had LeBron, have been, have come into the league during that time. Like, I don't know the percentage of players, but it must be like 70, 80% of the players right now in the NBA were drafted after LeBron made his first Miami finals. Like, it's, it's, it's unreal that he's still doing this and that he's still like the best player on the floor when he's doing it. It's, it's incredible. In terms of legacy, I think until we know if he's going to win this one, for, for a lot of people who are focused on the... One thing I saw today was um, LeBron has six participation, participation trophies, which I thought was pretty weird when you think participation trophy is what everyone gets every year. Like LeBron makes the NBA Finals. That's absolutely incredible. No matter where you do it, no matter how you do it, they are all super amazing. Like there is no such thing as an easy NBA Finals run. Even this year, you think he went through Damian Lillard, an MVP candidate this year, James Harden, a former MVP, Russell Westbrook, a former MVP, Jokic and Murray playing amazingly. It in, There's no such thing as an easy Finals run. And but LeBron makes it look easy and how he actually ends up his career, I think will come down to whether you want to take the full context of what you do in your career or whether you want to ring count. If you want to take the full context, I think LeBron is edging closer and closer to being the goat. Yeah. It's, it's truly remarkable with the 10 finals appearances. He ties Kareem for third most of all time. Uh, Bill Russell has 12, and then longtime Celtic Sam Jones has 11. And then you got Kareem and Braun with 10. So, I mean, that is, that is elite company. It, it's, it's truly incredible. The guy hasn't lost a non-finals playoff series since May 2010. Think about that. that that's so crazy. Like the Celtics beat the Cavs in, um, in 2010. Uh, May 13th was the date. And, but since then, he has not lost a playoff series other than a final. So, like, it's it's unreal like how long of a time that is and that's definitely going to be like a key component of his legacy is like not just the longevity but the consistency um it's it's really pretty unmatched and i mean if he can if they can win it this year and they're obviously going to be the heavy favorites whether they play boston or miami i don't know the goat debate gets a lot more interesting obviously it's really something and that game on saturday night was an all-timer on an individual level for LeBron, I think it was one of his best performances of all time. It was, I mean, man. It came, you know, it, it was unreal. It was, and and he, and this is kind of why you know I push back on everyone that says that Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers. Um, and just for you know this playoff run, LeBron is average is averaging twenty six point seven points a game, ten point three rebounds a game, and eight point nine assists per game. This is his sixteenth year. I mean, like this is this is insane. And you go to last night, um, or I'm sorry, it's Saturday night. This will, we're recording this on a Sunday. This will come out on Monday. He played the most minutes by far on the Lakers. He had he played 40 minutes. He had 38 points on 15 for 25 shooting. He had 16 rebounds and 10 assists. Like this dude, I'm gonna say it again, is in year 16. And like it, it's just he's unbelievable, man. The way that dude takes care of his body. And going back to my point. You know, you take LeBron James off of the off of this Lakers team, 
I don't think they make the playoffs. I mean, we've seen Anthony Davis on these teams with New Orleans, and this isn't taking anything away from Anthony Davis. I don't really want to get into that that whole debate again, but I think if you take Anthony Davis off this Lakers team, like I would bet my money if I have gun to my head that this LeBron is going to get this Lakers team into the playoffs. I mean, the dude is just, he's on another level. Uh, you can tell. I think that he's lost just a little bit of, of, of a physical step, but man, dude, his, his mind is as sharp as ever. He's clearly the smartest player in the NBA. Like this dude is just, he's on another level, man. And you, we got to, as NBA fans, we, we got to appreciate it. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable how good this guy is, how sharp he is mentally. It's just, it's fun to watch. I mean, as much as I, I like LeBron, I've never not liked LeBron. Um, I, I kind of, I'll admit that I didn't really root for him that first year in Miami, just cause I, I didn't like the way it all went down. But I mean, you just got to appreciate the guy on the basketball court. There's a lot, believe me, a lot that he does that, that I don't like, you know, which is, that's a whole nother podcast, but you, you just gotta, you just gotta kind of sit back and appreciate it. Cause he's, he's once in a generation and I don't think we're getting another player like this anytime soon. Just to and you talk. You oh yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to add to the longevity argument. Just to add, so LeBron is closer to thirty six than he is to thirty five right now. LeBron will turn thirty six in what December, sometime around Christmas. The guys close to him in age are Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, Jared Dudley, and Paul Millsap. Those guys and are me. All, <laughs> and you. Those guys are all all those players I named. I don't know if Brett is are all a year younger than him in terms of their kind of basketball age. And they are all washed compared to their primes. Like you could put like Paul Millsap compared to prime Millsap, Howard compared to obviously prime Howard, or J.R. Smith compared to like Denver J.R. Smith. You think how washed those guys are. And then you look at LeBron, a year older than them. And he and you're saying like, Steve, he's lost a step compared to like prime. It's 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 superhuman. It's beyond superhuman. It it, it, even Jacob throw in. I mean, I, I I like him. I know Brett really likes him, but throw in Carmelo. I mean, like Carmelo yeah. is is a shell of himself, and he came out of the same draft class as LeBron. Like it, it's it, the dude is. I mean, he's. I, I've I mean, always, how, go ahead. How, how many guys from his? How many guys from that draft class are even still in the league? Right. It's just. I think it's just him and Melo. Right. Like. I, think, I mean. <laughs> was was Corver in that draft? I think Corver might have been. Um. Yeah. 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 And, and I think. But you Corver, think, but you I think, think Corver as well. Corver's nothing. Right. Like that's that's. Don't nothing. even get me started. I mean, that was that was a long time ago. Like that was so long ago. Like that was like a few years probably before like Facebook, Twitter. Like that that was a different. Oh, I was a sophomore era. in like, high school. I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> oh, right. I'm going into my was, junior year. Like it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you could ask ask anybody, you know, that's like old enough to even remember where they were in 2003, and it's going to blow anybody's mind when you really think about like what was I doing that wow, that LeBron got drafted then. Like it's incredible. And if you had told me in like say, I guess Dwight got drafted uh was it 04 or 05, but if you had told me in like 05 that like LeBron and Dwight Howard were going to be teammates on the Lakers in 2020 playing in the finals. Like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. It's crazy. Cause like longevity really wasn't like it. We're starting to see what's possible. I think um, there's been a lot of advances just in the past, like 20 years even, but back then, like the thought of that would have like blown my mind. And it's so cool that it's happening now. And I just felt like this wave of appreciation for LeBron watching that game last night. Like I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. Like you said, Steve, there's a lot of things that he does that I don't really like, you know, on the court, but um, that number 10 is just like, whoa, it's yeah. Nine out of 10 years. Like it's really crazy. And you mentioned his stats in these playoffs and it's like, 
it's pretty remarkable. What'd you say? Like almost 27, 10 and eight, like something along those lines. Yeah, dude. Um, it's insane, dude. But, it's but, but the thing insane. is like, it is. And the thing with that is like, he has picked his spots more in these playoffs than I've ever seen him. Like LeBron in the past has been pretty much like balls to the wall. Like once he's in the playoffs, he's always kind of picked his spots in the regular season. But this year, even in the playoffs, I've definitely seen him take like quarters and halves off and take plays off. And like, he hasn't been going a hundred percent the whole time. He's definitely been saving his energy. Uh, and <laughs> we saw last night, you know what he's been saving it for. I mean, that was, that, that was epic. Like he, he straight up took over that game. Like I think he had 16 in the fourth. Um, Denver had it to seven with like four minutes left. And then LeBron just hit like four straight jumpers. I think he scored nine straight points. It was like three mid-range jumpers and turnarounds and then like a three. And it just buried the Nuggets because um, they weren't they were doing typical Nuggets shit like they just didn't go away. And uh, they were hanging around, hanging around. I think they had it tied late in the third or early in the fourth. They were right there. But LeBron just finally put him away. And it was so cool that he did it on jump shots. Because when LeBron's jump shot is falling, he's like the best to ever do it. Yeah. Like it, when that when that jumper is going, it, it's, it, there's nothing you can do. Um, he's the most unguardable player in NBA history when his jumper is falling. And th- I think that just that just stuck out to me so much. That was such a beautiful little individual run there at the end of the game. Yeah. I I I couldn't believe. It. I think I think you're right. One thing that really I loved was that little was that Euro step and one he pulled like when he was driving, and then he went up for a layup while calling out the and one. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, yeah. that's legendary shit right there. Like a third oh, yeah. and it's so petty as well. <laughs> I love it. He's, oh, it's he's yeah. unbelievable, man. And 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 this is coming from. I mean, I just want everyone to understand to understand this. Like Brett and I are like, you know, we're we're diehard Jordan fans like Jordan's I, I am pretty sure oh well Brett I know he is because you and I have talked about this like Jordan is number one for us and like what what LeBron's been able to do man and I love it like I tell you know everybody at work like I stole this saying from him and I love it but dude your your best ability is your availability and that dude I mean 16 years with all the minutes that he has on him it's just it's unbelievable and I think like I don't know again I'm not one we we talked before we started recording like I'm not going to ever bet against Tom Brady and I'm not ever going to bet against LeBron James. Like, I don't know how much he has in the tank. I ain't betting against him, but I mean, we'll see what happens next year. But just to get them there this year in this season with with everything that's going on, I I think it just speaks to how good of a leader he is and how good this fucker is, man. I mean, it's it's impressive. And I don't anybody that says that it's not impressive, they don't watch basketball and they're just a hater. Um but I want to I want to flip over to the other flip over to the other side of this and kind of get your guys' thoughts on this. It is the Denver Nuggets. We we did a podcast probably you know within the last couple months about and from from Jacobs kind of in a Jacobs database who can we see as being that next NBA dynasty? And Jacob, you settled on, on the Denver Nuggets for a variety of reasons, and I don't want you to. We don't have to rehash everything. Just go and download and listen to the episode, everybody. (laughs) Shameless plug right there. But I mean, I think that we were all pretty impressed with, with Denver. I mean, we could, I remember when the playoffs started, we easily could have saw Utah beating Denver. They, they came back, the comeback kids, they, what they did against the Clippers. I mean, Jamal Murray, I mean, we'll see if it transitions into next year, but as of right now, Jamal Murray is a star. Um, him and Jokic as as a duo are, you know, are as good as anybody. I'd, I'd put them up. 
what are kind of we'll go with you, Jacob, just because I know you 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 think Denver's gonna be the next dynasty. What did you like from Denver and what do what do they need to improve upon kind of going into next season? Well, what I liked from Denver was something Brett hit on. I can't remember which episode it was after the bubble started, but it was very soon after, Brett, where you called out Jamal Murray for putting on like 10 pounds of muscle. He's looked like an all-NBA player at spots during this playoffs. Like He has looked in unguardable in a lot of places. And obviously, Jokic is Jokic. Jokic is on track, him and like Luka, on track to challenge guys like Dirk as the best Euro import ever. Um, one thing I really liked was their offense, but I think it it's a step below where it needs to be. I think that Denver is, they might be the best offense in the NBA. I think to be really, to really take the next leap, they need to up their game on offense. I think either Porter or someone else on this team needs to climb up to where Murray and Jokic are right now because they need someone else to take over because defensively, they're never going to be a great team. Jokic is their anchor. Jokic is better on defense than some people say, but he's never going to be a real defensive center. They need their offense to be transcendently good, and it isn't that right now. That's one thing I think they really need to work on this offseason, whether that comes in the form of Michael Porter Jr. taking the jump or whether that comes in bringing in a free agent or trading some of their young pieces, which they have, just to list you off. Nikola Jokic, Jeremy Grant, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, and Bol Bol. All those guys are 25 or younger and all played in this series. They have so many assets. They have so many good young players. They need to start cashing some of those in, I think, for maybe not win-now players, but for guys that can build around what Jokic and Murray are. Yeah, I think just to, and I've sort of, I think I sort of mentioned this on that other pod as well, but I think that that third guy has to be Michael Porter Jr., right? I don't think you're going to do better than that, right? As like a third score, as a guy to take your offense to the next level, whether you're looking at, you know, talent, individual ceiling, uh, most importantly, fit within the offense. Like he's perfect and you have him right now and he's only going to get better. So I, I almost think they should look to maybe bolster their defense a little bit with like acquisitions, but I really, I don't think this team is that far off. Like assuming MPJ sort of continues on this trajectory and, you know, he, he could be a 20 point a game scorer next year. I think that's very realistic. Assuming he stays healthy. If he can turn into that, um, the important thing for them is going to be the Jeremy Grant thing mm-hmm. because he's, so he's got a player option for this next season for 9 million. I think he's earned himself a lot more money than that with his play in the playoffs. Overall, I mean, he's been great. He's been super important to them, you know, especially against Kawhi and just as a guy that can guard some of these elite wings. You know, nobody's going to stop guys like Kawhi and LeBron, but I think Jeremy Grant did a pretty damn good job for the most part. And and he showed that he could obviously do some damage on offense as well. So that'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I can't imagine he picks up that player option. Um, I think he's worth a lot more than $9 million now. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And then uh, what kind of jump do you think Murray made? Like between, say, like pre-hiatus and now? Like are we saying like 
because I was thinking he was like, I probably would have said top 50 pre-hiatus, maybe in like the 40 to 50 range, but no higher than that. And now I'm thinking like 20 to 25. Does that sound about right to you? Like, If this is for real, if what he's done in this playoffs is replicable, even 90% of it is replicable, I think the defense is still always going to be a bit of an issue. Although as he gets bigger, I think that's going to improve as he gets a bit older. You don't, you've got to remember like he's 23 now, like 23 and a half. He's still technically in his age 22 season. Jacob, Jacob, I just want to say that he's 23. He's five years older than Jason Tatum. Just wanted to point that out. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) He is, but he's actually in his age 22 season technically. So he's only four years older according to basketball reference. So he still has a long way to go. I think you're right. I think top 25 is fair. I think next season, if he is anything like this again, he's an all-star. Like he's played like an all-star this year. So it, like this playoff. So it, I remember seeing one stat that was like Denver's doing this with one all-star. They're not because this is a different season. They're doing this with two all-stars. It's just one of them wasn't named one because that the all-star game was like a year ago. But I think, this- yeah, I mean, look at look at his numbers in the playoffs, man. I mean, he heading. I know heading into last night's game, and I guess this probably took a slight hit, but he was averaging twenty seven points, five rebounds, and seven assists, and sixty three percent true shooting as well in the playoffs across uh, eighteen or nineteen games, whatever it was. I think eighteen heading into last night. Yeah, that's that's all star shit. To well, say I was going to. I don't even think, guys, take it a step further. I don't think that's just all star shit. That's all NBA shit. I mean, if if he plays. How he played in in the this playoff bubble here? I mean, the the sky's the limit for Denver. I mean, are they? Is let me ask you guys this: Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as a duo. If you get this Jamal Murray, I mean, and we can't. I know the criticism against Jamal Murray is he's too streaky, but is this one of the best the best duos in the NBA? I mean, as you said, Jacob, Murray's twenty three and Jokic is twenty five. Murray is signed through twenty twenty four. And Jokic is signed through 2023. I'd imagine that they're just going to get better. I mean, they—they. They, I don't think Murray is anywhere near in his prime yet. Same with I think Jokic might be kind of borderline entering it. But these these two are going to get a lot better. I mean, where do you put this duo as far? Where do they match up against the other duos in the NBA? This so in 19 games or 753 minutes this playoffs, Jamal Murray put up a shooting split of 50, 45, 90. If that is in any way indicative of what's to come, I think this is the best duo in the NBA going forward. I think like there's, you put that, that I don't think that is because that's Steph Curry level. And if, yeah, but you could, you could, you could take five, percentage points off each yes, of those exactly, and it's still, yeah. what, yeah. you're still at what 40, 45 40 85 like yeah that's yeah that's i'd still say it's it's borderline the best duo going forward in terms of you when you consider everything you don't just because obviously right now it's lebron and ad are the best duo but that's not for the next five years we're talking you know the next five ten years who could be the best duo i think it is this i think if i had to if you put a gun to my head my answer would be Luca and anyone, whether that's Porzingis, whether that's any whoever, whether Porzingis's injury concerns are real going forward, or if he can stay healthy long enough to really play with Luca for it. You mean Luca, Luca and Giannis? Question mark. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, that's, Just kidding. That, that's game over. That's game that, over. Luca and Giannis is like <laughs> very possible. Very possible. But, but actually, one that I think is 
up there, depending on if they can take the jump, is Morant and Jaron Jackson. I think that's up there. I think some because let's go, baby. Some, I, love I had it. to had to back it. Had to back my boys in I Memphis. I actually, another one is Bam and Hero. It's you can say it's prison at the moment. I have been big on Hero for a little while now. I welcome, think he welcome is. To the club, baby. Welcome to the everything, club, baby. <laughs> everything you're saying, you think like Butler talks so highly of him when he got there, and for Butler to talk highly of you when you think what he was saying about guys like Cat and Wiggins. And what he didn't say about guys like Simmons, all of which are physically are monster talents. And then you hear him talk about Hero, and it's like Hero could be an All Star level player in a couple of years. That's 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 real. And Bam is obviously Bam; like he's an absolute freak of nature. So you put those two together, and it's wild. One one pair that I'm not saying that I haven't said that I told you guys about before we started, and that I'm going to talk about now: Tatum and Jalen. I don't know if they can be that level of duo and the reason for that i i can hear i can hear boston fans hearts breaking right now they're typing what the fuck man through their fucking keyboard <laughs> i can hear derek marcus smiles in there too but fuck them <laughs> that might have been the worst accent i've ever heard in my life but i love it i love it <laughs> i had to i had to I mean, going at them the whole week, I had to I had to throw it in there. But I don't think, because I think Tatum and Jalen play in two similar positions for them to really add to what, like, every one I've named so far, could they could run pick and roll together. Jar, Jaron, Bam, Hero, Luca, Porzingis, slash anyone. You know, other guys you could throw in there, Booker and Aiton, um, Trey Young and Cam Reddish were one that was kind of borderline. But I think Tatum and Jalen aren't there because they play a lot of similar positions on the floor. And I think it's actually something we've seen with Kawhi and PG this year, where I think PG is obviously, he's been pandemic P in the playoffs. That's well documented. But I think some of it comes down to Kawhi is in the positions PG wants to be in. You know, Kawhi is playing what, what, Kawhi does is a lot of what PG wants to do. PG is not a Clay Thompson. He's not running around screens, around orbiting around Kawhi, or setting screens and rolling to the basket for Kawhi. Like, there's none of that kind of synergy between their games. They are just two long, athletic, good wing players with lots of skills, but they kind of step on each other's toes. And that's something I see happening with Tatum and Jalen going forward. As talented as they are, I question whether they will ever, as a duo, get to the level that some of these guys could get to. Thoughts, Brett? <laughs> well, yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, real quick, let me just hit on the hero Bam thing, because I agree. I think I think they could be um, just phenomenal. I think they could be like a <laughs> like a different, maybe even better version of Murray and Jokic um, because, you know, the skill sets are similar enough. I, I, I think the similarities between hero and, and Murray are there for sure. Um, you know, all Kentucky ties aside and then same with Jokic and Bam. I mean, Bam's just a, a phenomenal passing center. Um, but the thing is like, you know, you get a lot more defense with the, with the Bam, uh, with the Bam hero combination. So I think it could be like a version of Murray Jokic, but with more defense, 
Murray's obviously a ways ahead of Hero right now offensively, but Hero's only 20. I, I would argue he's further along than Murray was at this age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple years down the road, they could be right there. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about them. And then, look, as far as Jalen and Jason, like, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I had to disagree because, yeah, there's some redundancy, you could say, with their positions and to some degree their skill sets. But I think when, when you're talking about a skill set that's the most valuable skill set in the NBA, I think it's a good thing to have that kind of redundancy. Like, you know, you've got two legitimate two-way wings and they're, it's getting to the point where they're both – they both can score from just about anywhere. And I mean, like, I think it's a good thing to have two of those guys. Like if you're going to have, like, yeah, you don't want two Damian Lillard's. You don't want two Nikola Jokic's. You don't want, um, you know, two of a lot of types of stars. But I think this is the the one player mold that it's actually good to have some redundancy at, right. you know, because they can play the two, three, the three, four. Like they can, they're, they're so versatile that, I, th- I think it's a good thing. And then look, and one more thing, just comparing them to Kawhi and PG, like that was Kawhi and PG's first season together. So first of all, nobody should be counting out that duo. They could be really, really fucking good next season. Anybody saying that, oh, they just they just don't fit well together. That's absurd. It was their first season together. Paul missed a lot of games. Uh, there was a lot of question marks around but, that team. But Brett, Brett, next year could be their last year together. I mean, I, I think that's where you, where, 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 I mean, they mortgaged their future for two years of two guaranteed years of this. I mean, you, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about next season. Yeah. Like, sure, so, but, I mean, yeah, if we're talking five years ahead, like, of course I'm taking Jalen and Jason. Like I said that on, I think our last podcast, but like, just in terms of the fit, like, I, I don't know if I would compare it to that because I think with Kawhi and PG, it was more like a chemistry issue of them only having been together for, um, you know, a, a shortened season. Um, Jalen and Jason have now been together for three full seasons. So, you know, that, that's got to count for something, that continuity. I think the sum of them is kind of greater than the whole of the parts. Like, Brad, can I, I, ask you a question, I think though? we're going to just see that increase as we go forward. Can I ask you a question, though? I mean, and again, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday, so we have no idea what tonight's game is going to look like. No. Um, and we're, we're going to jump on it and, and, and talk about it. But, Brett, I want to ask you. As as you're the the kind of the resident Celtics fan, why is this duo of, of Tatum and Brown? Yeah, they're they're affecting the stat sheet, but why? It seems like they're struggling when they shouldn't be struggling. You know, you look at that. You go back a series before, and you look at the Toronto series. Like again, like big ups to Toronto. You know, we they, we we've they, talked about they beat them. I, mean, I they, know they, they beat them, but it should not have gone seven games based on the talent. Like it really shouldn't have. Toronto, you, Toronto's pretty fucking good, man. Miami's pretty are, fucking but, good. But Toronto also didn't play good. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't play good. Uh, it seemed like Boston kind of went down to their competition. And you look at again, you look at this series now. I mean, it's going to go seven games. If Boston wants to go to the NBA Finals, it's going to go seven games. And you look at the, those rosters. From a talent, I'm just talking straight talent perspective. Boston should be this series. I I predicted Boston in five, and I think just judging by the talent on this team, they should beat this team. I mean, it shouldn't have to go seventeen or I'm sorry, seven games for Boston to win this. If what we're saying about Tatum and Brown is that they're so special to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and we'll get Jacob's thoughts as well. There's something missing. And I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to put my finger on it. I don't know if it's just a lack of a athletic big man. Big man is hurting them that much. But I don't think there's any doubt that there's something missing from this team that it shouldn't. It seems like it's it's harder on the, it's 
how do I want to say this? It's much harder on them than it should be. Like, what, what do you, I just feel like there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but if Tatum and Brown are who we thought they were, that's funny. <laughs> they like, mm-hmm. they, they should, I just feel like it's a, it's a lot harder on them than it should be. Well, Tatum's 22 and Brown's 23. No, so Tatum's you gotta, dude, stop. So you gotta establish that first. They're, they're, they're 22 and 23 years old. So they're very, very young, you know, especially for a team that's, you know, in the conference finals, potentially going to the finals. Like if we're talking about duos, like your two best players on the team being 22, 23, I mean, the only team I can think of is like those OKC teams with Westbrook and, and Durant and Harden even um, that year they went to the finals. But other than that, like if we're talking about your two, like a, your best your top duo and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember one that's younger than this. And then look, man, this is three conference finals in four years for this team. So like they're having success and, you know, I guess Tatum has been there for, for what two and Brown has been there for all three now. So like, I don't, I don't know. I think they've done a lot considering the short amount of time they've been in the league and how young they both still are. And they've beaten some really, really good, really experienced teams. Like Toronto's the defending champs. They've got Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry. You know, like they've got some veterans on that team. And for this young Boston team to beat them, it was impressive. And you ask, look, why, why aren't they just running through Miami? I don't know. I think they do need a new big man. Like they need an upgrade at the at at the big. Like uh, I don't know exactly who that could be, but say just for instance, they had a guy like Ibaka. That takes them to another level. I think Kemba's got some issues. He's really small. Defensive, he struggles to defend. He, he can, yeah, he, he up, and, and even offensively too, we've seen that he can be taken out of a game pretty easily. If a defense wants to take him out of the equation, they can. That's happened a few times in these playoffs. Kemba's great, but, um, but he gets picked on a little bit, kind of on both ends. So I think if we're going to say that there's any issues with this roster, I do not think that those issues stem from Jalen and Jason. I think Jalen and Jason are a beautiful thing. To have two wings that are that young that play on both ends that can score from anywhere, like but don't give me think, give me five, yeah. give me fucking five of those guys, like yeah, you I, know I agree, but don't you think though? I mean, I think at some point, as much as I joke joke around about it because it just pisses Boston fans off, like yes, age wise, Tatum and Brown are they're young, but from an from an NBA experience wise, they're not. They have more experience than uh, Jimmy Butler's never been to an Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Tyler Hero, I'm I mean, saying, he's, I'm he's, saying, he's, I'm saying. Like, those dudes have the experience, you know, more so than a lot of other teams. I mean, just like you said, I mean, Jason Tatum, he doesn't know what it's like to not make the playoffs. You, you know what I mean? And I just, I, I think that we have to, when evaluating and looking at Boston, I'm not trolling Boston fans here, but th- this idea that, oh, they're so young, like, yeah, age-wise, they're young. But from an NBA experience-wise, they're veterans. Like, like they they've been here before like i it's, it's just weird to me because that, they're because they've been here before because they're so good it's because they're so good and i'll say this the last thing about them i would take them over murray and Jokic moving forward give me Ooh. give me jalen and jason mm-hmm. i actually like i like that i'd give me the two give me the two three and d wings you know that that could average 20 plus a game that do average 20 plus a game um that actually defend give me those two guys over the two guys that don't play defense <laughs> so I I don't hate that. I also I stick with what I said. There is redundancy there. I think I think putting any and a huge amount of blame on Jalen and Jason though, as much as I have kind of called out their pairing going forward this pod, I don't think it's totally fair because like you say, Kemba hasn't played great. 
He hasn't. Gordon Hayward, obviously, coming back from injury, you shouldn't expect him to play well, but he hasn't played well at all, really. He's been an extra passing player, which has helped break down the zone, but he's obviously still getting into it. He's averaged, what, like 10 points this playoffs, this series. It's not what you want. I actually think some of it comes down to coaching. I think Brad Stevens, he's a wonderful defensive coach. This team for years has been a wonderful defensive team. Offensively, they haven't lived up to what I think they should be with guys like Kemba and Tatum and Brown and Hayward on this roster. I don't think they are at the level they should be offensively because this zone shouldn't be causing them the issues that it is. A zone defense, no matter how well, and Miami's zone is amazing, no zone defense should be causing a team as offensively talented player for player as this Celtics team is, that level of problem. I think some of that comes down to the planning on offense, the general offensive philosophy brought in. And I think I think Boston kind of needs to bring in, not to borrow a football term, an offensive coordinator next year. I think they need an extra voice in the room planning their offense because it should be a lot better than it is. And I, I don't blame, because like you say, they are 21 and 23. You, um, Jamal Murray and Jokic are 22 and 24. And we can see what they're doing. I think they've outperformed Tatum and Brown this playoffs as a duo. Maybe you want to say next year, Tatum and Brown will be better. I'm sure they will. I don't think well, they'll be where Jokic and Murray is. Yeah, go. Well, go. Just, just to kind of, I mean, just to, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either. And I know that's kind of the cookie cutter approach. I mean, you could say, you know, Tatum and Brown or Jokic and Murray. But I mean, let's, let's not forget, man. I mean, Jokic and Murray could have easily been out in round one. And we're not mm-hmm. even having this discussion. We're talking about, is Mike Malone the right coach for Denver? I mean, the the, the narrative completely changes. I mean, I, I think someone you would have to look it up, but I don't know what the what the percentage odds are that a team in the playoffs is going to come back down from three to one twice. I, I mean, it, it, it's pretty rare. And it, again, you know, I think that Clippers, the Clippers series, especially in game seven, I mean, the Clippers just completely rolled over. And I don't really want to talk about the Clippers too much. So, I mean, I think that, you know, it's not like Boston is getting – they weren't getting beat the way that Denver was getting beat in the playoffs, I, I guess is my point. And, again, Boston could – I mean, by the time this this podcast comes out, I mean, it could be 3-3 and we're looking at a game seven. And Boston – I mean, I'm for sure not caught, not uh, saying that Boston is out of it. So, I mean, I, I think that we can't – I get what you're saying, Jacob. And like I said, I, I don't think there's there's a right or wrong answer to this. But I just think that we, we can't let recency bias come in. And as we just talked about, you know, a couple minutes ago, I mean, Murray could easily go back to being the player he was kind of pre-bubble. I mean, he is the one knock on him is he's a streaky player. So, I mean, but if he, he doesn't lack confidence, that's for sure. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. And like, I'm, I'm excited. Like I, I'm a Bucks fan and I'm excited and it kills me because both these teams have young <laughs> guys fucking sucks but that you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the box don't even you guys brought up kyle corver earlier and i didn't i didn't say anything but no no more box talk uh (laughs) i kind of want to transition to the other side of of the eastern conference finals is miami and i love it i'm all for it um you know jacob you posted something in our group and and brett you kind of rebuttaled and i fucking loved it i Loved it, man. I ate this like it was spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday night dinner. <laughs> uh, 
Jimmy Butler. So, so just to recap, um, Jacob, you have been saying for a long time now that Jimmy Butler is a top ten player in the NBA. Did you say top ten or top fifteen? It was top ten, right? Uh, I had him in my second team All NBA. He's yeah, certainly sure top fifteen for the past few yeah. years. Yeah. Certainly. And, yeah, and then and then Brett kind of fired back about an hour later. So Jacob, you were up, man. I think it was like one or two in the morning. Brett fired back and said, you know, Jimmy Butler is. He's not a top 10 player. He's not even a top 10. He's not a top 15 player. He's a top 20 player. And everybody lost their minds. I loved it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just sitting here cheering. I'm like, oh, this guy said this. This guy said this. I love it. So, Jacob, we've heard you say numerous times that Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player. We know your reasoning behind it. So I'm going to go with Brett first. So, Brett, why is Jimmy Butler not a top 10 player? But let, Let's hear what you have to say. He's a wing who can't shoot. He's very limited offensively in terms of his moves, right? He's only got a few moves. He can't, there's a lot he can't do. Um, I just think I've said this so many times, but his offensive game is so reliant on getting to the foul line. That is so much of what he does well. Um, where those games where he's not getting calls, he becomes like a neutral at best offensively, maybe even like a net negative. And look, of course, defense is what he's known for, right? So I can nitpick his offense, and he's still a great defensive player, but I do not think he is near the level of defender that he was with the Bulls or even a couple years ago with Minnesota. I just – I don't see that. He gets beat now a lot more than he used to. And look, man, the guy's – he's over 30 now, and uh, I think he's slowing down a little bit. He was never a super athlete to begin with. But at the same time, yeah, I called him a top 20 player, and people are like – that's an insult. I'm like, how, since when is being a top 20 NBA player an insult? Like basically by that, I just mean, no, I don't think he's like top 15. Top 15 is you start going down those names. It, that's tough, right? I, I don't even think he's better than Bam. Like I have, I'm, I'm fine if you put Jimmy at like 18, 19 in the NBA, like that sounds fair. As long as you have Bam at, you know, 16 or 17, then I'm cool with it. Because I don't think he's a better player than Bam. I think that's insane to think that at this point in his career. I mean, he's like the lowest efficiency volume shooter in the NBA. I wish I had the stat in front of me, but it's abysmal. You know, he, he's not—he's just not a good shooter. And look, it works on this team. I get that. And yes, he has made them better. But that doesn't work on a lot of other teams. And Jimmy's a floor raiser. Like, he'll, he'll get you to the playoffs. Like, you could put him with a bunch of scrubs. And he'll probably get you into the playoffs. He's almost like the player equivalent of Thibodeau. Like he'll get you into the playoffs, but you know, by himself, he's not gonna win you a title. And yeah, this Heat team has had a lot of success this year in the playoffs, but you got to look at sort of the makeup of that roster. And he's in an awesome situation. So if, if you want to factor fit in that much to like your top 20 or something, maybe that bumps him up a couple spots because he's in a perfect situation. But if you're just thinking of him uh in a vacuum. I don't know. I think top 20 is 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 fair, and I think he's a little bit overrated. I think people are really quick to give that guy a lot of credit, and I think it's just because he's got a big personality. He's like a fun character. He's um, he's an entertaining guy. He's a controversial figure, sort of. So it's like when things go bad, he you know he gets all the blame, and when things go well, he gets all the credit. And I don't think either is particularly fair. And I think right now that leads to him being a little bit overrated. People are like, oh, look what Jimmy Jimmy's carried the heat to the Eastern Conference Finals. He no 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 no. I'd say he's been their third best player in these playoffs behind Bam and Dragic. And yeah, his attitude 
and his intensity and like all that is very valuable. Like that counts for a lot. And that's a big part of why they have succeeded. He has definitely rubbed off on his teammates and he has made them better. Look, he's a top 20 player. Of course, he's going to make his team better. And like a lot of that, that stuff, that sort of intangible value, that unquantifiable value is what makes him a top 20 player. Cause you take that stuff away. Like, I don't know if he's top 50. He's not that talented. He really isn't. He never has been. He's a massive overachiever. So the, all that stuff, that intensity, that drive, that swagger, that attitude, whatever you want to call it, um, the guy has a lot of fucking heart. Like, I'm not denying that, but I think that's what takes him from like a top 50 player to a top 20 player. So I'm accounting for all that. So can I throw, because your, your point at the top was about um, his kind of his shooting, his scoring. Can I just throw you, I mean, we'll, we'll all assume that's the kind of thing which would impact your playoff ability just to throw us at you in the past five years in the regular season butler has played about eleven thousand minutes he's per 75 put up about 22 points and 58 percent true shooting in the playoffs in that same time he's played about 1400 minutes so a much smaller sample size but it is the playoffs he's put up 20 points on 57 percent true shooting so his inability and i agree He's not a good shooter and he's gotten worse. But his inability to shoot for his last five years, so like his real prime, has not really impacted his ability to score in the playoffs that much. Not like when you see guys like Harden or Karl Malone, these these players who are amazing scorers and really fall off. He isn't that. He doesn't fall off that much. And I think I think he'd agree with you, actually. I think he would agree with your assessment of him, Brett, that he is like top 50 talent-wise and he's got the heart that takes him because that's what he was saying when he was in Minnesota and he gave that amazing petty interview to Rachel Nichols. And he was like, I'm not nearly as talented as Cat. I'm not nearly as athletic as Wiggins, but I, you know, I work harder than anyone. Mm-hmm. I think that's, For sure. I think he would agree with you, but I think that's something that is the differentiator between him and other guys in his talent range, even up to top 15, top 10 level, because Right. In the last four years, he's played on four different teams. In Chicago, the last time they made the playoffs was with Butler playing for them. Minnesota, the only time they've made the playoffs in like the post-Garnett era was with Butler that year, and they were looking like a three-seed when he was healthy. In Philly, they are one Kawhi rim shot away from taking that for game seven to overtime and maybe knocking off the champions and this year he goes to Miami and we need to remember coming into this year when he signed for Miami everyone was like what the fuck is he doing signing for Miami there was all the talk that Miami 2021 pick that I think Phoenix had or maybe got traded somewhere else there was talk that that is one of the most valuable assets in the NBA just a year ago now that is not the case because this team has exploded and you can say that it's that's all coincidental, that's all circumstantial evidence, and I'd agree with you, but it keeps building up, and we keep seeing that Butler is a multiplier wherever he goes. Butler changes teams. He is. And, well, he, look, man, he, he got drafted in 2011. This is his first conference final, so it's not like he's had this massive amount of playoff success. He's had a lot of first-round exits. Um, again, man, yes, he makes them a lot better. Yes, he took them to another level he is a top 20 player. Like, I guess the only thing that I even said that was at all negative is that he's overrated. And uh, that doesn't mean he's like not a great player. I just think people think he's better than he is. Like generally speaking, 
But um, Brett, Brett, so that, that that's all. I just think he's a little overrated. But I, I, you know, get, what, I get what you're saying. A lot saying, of guys are. But I mean, like, I would look at it this way. I think a lot of what Jimmy Butler does, you you can't just. And I understand. I get it, but I think a lot of what Jimmy Butler brings to the table does not show up in the stat sheet. And <clears throat> I think to your point, Jacob, and, and this is where I agree with you. I mean, you look at, um, oh, oh, Atlanta's about to score, dude. They just scored. I hate the Bears so much. God, I hate the Bears. Sorry. Okay. Um, there's there's your Chicago Bear update. Um, but you know, you look at the last time the Bulls made the playoffs and the Bulls actually looked like a good team, Jimmy Butler was on that team and Chicago didn't want to pay him. You look at Minnesota, the year before he got to Min- the year before he got to Minnesota, that was a 31-win team. The year he was with Minnesota, they won 47 games. And what everyone forgets about that season is he missed basically the post All-Star break a lot of games because he was dealing with a knee injury. That team won 47 games. That was a, as Jacob pointed out, that was the one time they actually looked like a team after he left. They went right back to being the Minnesota Timberwolves. They won 36 games. And, you know, I bet Minnesota doesn't make the playoffs for the next five years, at least. Like that team, is just, that organization is just a dumpster fire. He goes to Philly. Outside of a Kawhi Leonard, you know, jump shot, that game goes into overtime. Who knows what happens? We saw what Philly was this year without Jimmy Butler. I mean, that was just – you couldn't even watch them. They just looked – they were just terrible. You know, I didn't ben, ben Simmons was hurt. I mean, Ben Simmons was out. I think that's definitely – Well, but I mean, like, I, I sure. But, I mean, you know, they chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. And, and you're, you're never going to <laughs> – you know, they decided to pay him $180 million than, than pay Jimmy Butler. And you have Joel Embiid sitting home after Boston eliminated them, praising how much he loved playing with Jimmy Butler. Like, like I, I, it's real. And he goes to Miami, and he Miami doesn't didn't make the playoffs last year, and they haven't made the playoffs for a while. Jimmy Butler goes there. Oh, my God, all of a sudden they make the playoffs. All of a sudden, Bam turns into this great player. And, you know, we can't go back in time, but I would be willing to bet if Jimmy Butler doesn't go to Miami, Miami doesn't make the playoffs this year. And he just – Oh, up- I think there's still – I don't they're know, still, man. I mean, I think they're. I think they don't do this. They don't go this far. But, but I think they're definitely still but, a playoff but he, team. But he brings that mindset, you know, where hey, you know, if I'm going to the gym at 4:30, oh, there's Tyler Hero, there's Bam. Like he right. brings. He That's brings, his value. But but you can't. That's what gives him value. It, 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 That's that what it is. Point and that that has to. I agree. Something and 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 it, it does something. I mean, without and I would bet you know as good and when I say like because I I believe it like Jimmy Butler is the best player on Miami. But as in it's to both your guys' point. You know, Jimmy Butler's on a team where you know, hey, he doesn't have to be the best player every single night. You know, Tyler Hero is going to go off for thirty-seven. You know, Bam's going to going to be doing BAM stuff. But I would guarantee you if Jimmy Butler misses a game, I would bet that Miami is going to lose rather if Tyler Hero misses a game or BAM misses a game. Like you still have to account for Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy oh, yeah. shows up and even against <laughs> – we all remember the Milwaukee series where Jimmy Butler just seemed every fourth quarter to have 15 points and get to the lay- and get to the free throw line and make his free throws. Like that dude, th- there's something that he brings that, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that teams are afraid of. Like that – He's the alpha on that team. He is the leader on that team. And that team takes their cues from Jimmy Butler. And you can't, you can't measure that. I mean, he he is he is that important to that team where stats don't matter. He he is yeah, the I, I agree, man. That that's that and that's his value. And that's so much of it. And like that's another good point you made up. He's clutch too. Like he's he's willing to take the big shots and he's proven he can make them. Like he is an alpha, he's a leader, he's clutch, he's got more heart than just about anybody. Right. Like I will not deny that. And, and, but I just think that is what gives him his value. But I'm not going to take him over like Tatum or Devin Booker. 
right now, you know, based on that. Like it's it doesn't quite get him there in my mind, but it's a lot. Look, we're talking about a lot of it, it extremely utterly unquantifiable stuff here, right? And I guess how much you value Jimmy Butler comes down to how much you value that stuff. It's obviously very valuable. Um, I don't think it puts him in like the top 10 or even top 15 conversation, but that's not a knock on him. Like I'm saying he's a top 20 player and um, maybe some people value that stuff more than I do. And if look, if they go on to win the title and like, you know, or if they even get to the finals, like that's, that's another story. Like that might take my perception of him to another level. But, uh, but right now, like, you know, make that top 15. That's going to be tough to put Jimmy Butler in there. That's all I'm saying. See, I, I get what you're saying, Brett, from a skill perspective. And you're right. Calling someone a top 20 player, unless they're like legitimate superstar, unless they're, you know, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, etc. Those guys who are vying for top five positions, calling someone a top 20 player isn't an insult. But how many of those guys in the top 20 could do what Butler does when he comes to a team. Like, Cat, I think, is far more talented than Butler, and Butler would agree, but Cat cannot do... He cannot just go to a team and change them, change the entire franchise the way Butler can. That just... That is... that is You're right. It's an intangible quality, and if it's intangible, you can't measure it, but you can talk about it at nauseum. And that's what happens with guys like Jordan when we talk about that killer mindset and we don't really know what we mean by that because we can't measure it, but we talk about it like it's a tangible thing. I think you're. I think that's a fair criticism, but we've seen this with Butler going to so many different teams and this happening. It went. It went. When he's on, when he's he is there, a floor raiser. He's the ultimate floor raiser. He's the ultimate floor raiser. He really is. He's like he's he's the definition of a floor raiser. Like I, I totally get that, but it's like again, how much do you value that? Because I don't think he's necessarily a ceiling raiser i think he's a floor raiser i think he's a guy that gets you into the playoffs no matter what he's going to will you to 40 45 wins even like a a, a bad team and he happens to be on a really good team now but like i don't know i guess that's the yes he had he will improve any team he goes to but how much can he take them to the finals or does he need to be in a perfect situation like he is now to kind of get to the finals where he's playing alongside the best, the best shooter in the league and the second best passing big man in the league. Like he's, he's in a great spot right now where he can kind of do his thing. He doesn't need to knock down outside shots. So like, I I think that's a lot of it too, is like, you got to give the rest of that roster and not to mention Spolstra a lot of credit for success too, and how they've meshed with him, not just how he's meshed with them. But I would say how many, a top 10 player I don't think is that's what the expectation is for a lot of players in the top 10. I mean, is that our our expectation for an Embiid or a Dame or like a Jokic? That's an expectation we hold for the very best players. That's the MVP Giannis, that's Kawhi, that's Durant, that's LeBron. I don't think we hold the guys in the tier below that, which is what I think Butler is in, to that same standard where it's like, if you're where like you should be able to take this bunch of guys to the conference finals to the NBA finals, that's not the tier I think Butler's in, and I don't think I don't think anyone would argue that Butler is in that tier. But he is in, and everyone needs a perfect situation. You know, Dame can't. We he's seen that shown this year. He's an All NBA caliber player as well. I put him above Butler in my own rankings, but he's shown if he's not in a perfect situation, this kind of season happens. That's just what happens. Wow. 
That's I don't know. That's that's tough. Well, like you, but, you but, mean, put- but he, he he's he's kind of right though. I mean, you can't like I wouldn't say that Dame Lillard is better than is better than Jimmy. But all NBA players, you I mean, mean, unless unless your name is like LeBron, I mean, you you need to have the perfect situation. I mean, shit. Look look at Giannis. As 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 much as we love to praise Giannis, he didn't take off until he was in the perfect situation with Mike Budenholzer's system. I mean, we can't really. That's just a tough argument to have because. If you're not in the perfect situation nine times out of ten, you're just going to be a playoff team. You're going to be a team that gets beat in the first or second round. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, I'm not like trying to knock Jimmy for that. I'm just saying, like, I think we should give his teammates and his coaches just just as much credit. Like, and look, man, I mean, like, if we're talking about like leadership, heart, floor raising ability, really, and I think that stems from the from from the leadership and the heart. Like, yeah, he's he's in the top tier. Like he, yeah, there are guys that I have ahead of him that I don't think could raise a team's floor the way that Jimmy does. But like, I don't know. I think you have to look at skill and ability too. And you sort of have to weigh that with the other stuff that Jimmy brings and um, in his experience as well. I mean, the guy's 31. He's been through a lot. He's seen a lot. Like when, wait till Devin Booker's 30 or Jason Tatum's 30, like they're Jalen Brown. Like they're going to be so much better than he is now. Um, so sure. th- that counts for something too, but I'm not going to knock younger guys because, because of their lack of experience. I don't know. It's tough. He's a, I'll say this. The last thing I'll say about him, he is a tough guy to evaluate for me. At least I have a really hard time evaluating Jimmy Butler but, because so much of what he brings is intangible and unquantifiable. Well, Brian, look, just, just, just to kind of counter that though, you know, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he was a second-round draft pick. And let's go back to when the MVP of the league, Derrick Rose, I mean, he gets hurt and he misses that entire next season. I mean, who emerged as the go-to guy there? It was Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler was young then. Jimmy Butler, he's like, all right, like I got this. I'll put the team on my back. So, I mean, like I I understand what you're saying. And I I agree with just about everything. Like he's never going to be the most talented guy. But he stepped into a situation where a top-five player in the NBA – got hurt and was never and he he decided to you know for whatever reason decided to miss the entire year and got I mean if you go back to that Chicago Bulls team there was a lot of controversy surrounding it all that stuff and Jimmy Butler just said all right guys like I got that I'll fill this void no problem and Jimmy Butler was young when that yeah. happened so I mean it we- took him some time though it took him some time he didn't he didn't make an all-star team until he was 25 2014 15 he, he averaged 13 points a game in 2013 14 and then the next year he hit 20 points a game and made an all-star team and he was 25 almost 26 I believe at that point so like sure, sure. um yeah you know it's I, I I mean that's he he had some miles under his belt already by the time he he really broke out, but yeah, he's just a massive overachiever, and I think that might be why he gets a little bit overrated. I think maybe we've seen that with Siakam as well like he he became so much better than anyone expected that like yeah maybe he got a little overrated, maybe the pendulum swung a little bit too far, and it's like that's all I'm saying with Jimmy Butler. I don't know if he's like a superstar superstar. I think he's just an awesome player, a top twenty player, probably like an all-star and he'll next never, year. Right, you don't, um, don't, you don't have to defend borderline all NBA. You don't have to defend it though. Like I, I think what Jacob and I are saying is like, he, I'm not looking at Jimmy Butler. He'll never be a superstar in my eyes. Like he, he's not because what he brings and everything you said is correct. I'm just saying like, I think we need to look at more of what he brings that it doesn't show up in the statute. Like to me, ultimately, and, and you guys have heard me say this before winning matters. And you look at that guy is Jimmy Butler, the greatest teammate ever. No, 
Far from it. Like the the stuff in Minnesota, like Ed, Jacob, you touched on it. The thing with Rachel Nick, I mean, it was all kind of over over the top and a little bit traumatic. But you know, Carl Anthony Towns skill wise is better than Jimmy Butler. Andrew Wiggins skill wise is better than Jimmy Butler. Joel Joel Embiid skill wise is better than Jimmy Butler. Ben Simmons skill wise is better than Jimmy Butler. But those two teams without Jimmy Butler, they're just not good. I mean, I, I mean, they just the Minnesota thing. I mean, we we have to look at it, and I'm sure it pains Jacob because he is, uh, you know, the king of the Carl Anthony Towns fan club. I mean, he ain't shit without Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler just just has that dog in him, and you know, I can't. I mean, Jimmy Butler's my dude. I mean, that's Mr. Marquette right there. I'm looking at Dwayne Wade's Marquette signed jersey over there. I will not stand for the Marquette slander. <laughs> but, I mean, let me, let, 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 let's end it with this, Brett. And if, if Jimmy – let's say this comes out tomorrow, Miami wins, and they're going to the NBA Finals. If Jimmy, if Jimmy Butler and Miami Heat win the NBA Finals or even take LeBron to seven, are you going to look at Jimmy Butler a little bit differently that this – overachieving team went as far as they did. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. And look, man, a lot of like why I, when I, if I say something like that, it's based on recent stuff. Like I'm looking at his numbers, like against the Celtics, for instance, right. For this series so far, heading into Sunday's game, cause we're recording this earlier. He's averaging 18 points a game. He's shooting 41% from the field. He's been a net negative in the series. If you look at his plus minus overall. Um, so yeah, like that's, kind of where he's at now and like you can call that recency bias but like i'm not going to talk about what he was doing how good he was two three years ago like and factor that into my rankings like saying he's top 20 or whatever so if the heat oh yeah say they even make the finals and and take lebron to seven games like you said um i probably put him in my top 15 that probably bumps him up just that in itself like and you can say well he'll be he'll, he'll be the same player then as he is right now i don't know i mean I haven't seen that yet. You know, I haven't seen him in the finals and a, a, a big finals performance by him or by his team is going to bump him up a couple spots. And then maybe I'll give him the recognition that's sort of uh, more on par with, with how you guys see him. But right now I'm going off what I see and what I've seen recently. And, uh, and, but yeah, a, a big finals appearance would change that I, as a Celtics fan. I really hope that we don't see that this year. I, um, you know, again, I'll come on, mm-hmm. I'll come on later tonight, hopefully with you, Steve, but at least by myself and oh, talk I'll be about on, the, baby. I'm heat, on. the heat Celtics game. So that'll be, that'll be coming up shortly actually uh, on the podcast Yo, um, I mean, and we'll but, see, maybe I'll, maybe I'll reevaluate him after that. Who knows? Maybe um, he comes out and scores 40. Who knows? Right, but, I, just, uh, I, just had, I just had a full rain, baby. I'm ready to go rain. If you want to sponsor us, sponsor us. I'm going to be up all night, baby. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for the right. games tonight. Can I uh, put a bow on this whole discussion Absolutely. by saying that I think we can all at least agree Jimmy Butler is top 10 of all time based purely on the memes. Yes. That yeah, mustache fair. is unbelievable. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Unbelievable. It unbelievable. That's fair. The gifts, everything, it's it's beautiful. He is my favorite player for the gifts. I love it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I you got to love him. You got to love them. You got to love them. Got to. And we're going to get out of here, guys. Um, This was a really good discussion. And, you know, shout out to my boy, Tyler Hero. Um, I mean, what he did, you know, the other night, 37 points. Dude, that that dude's a beast, man. I I mean, I I remember watching that dude in high school two years ago, man. And it it, honestly, it looked just like it, how it did in high school. He's facing a top 10 defense in the state. And that dude just puts, he puts up like 20 or 30 40 like like it's nothing and everyone knows he's getting the ball dude i i'm 
so happy for that kid, man. That that dude that dude works his ass off. And like I said, man, he went to my high school. He lives his parents live two minutes away from me. It's 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 pretty cool. So, but I can't wait for tonight. It's going to be a good matchup between Boston and Miami. I'm definitely going to be flipping. Hashtag go pack go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. So that's uh that's going to do it for us. For Jacob, for Memphis, for uh for Brett, for the homie bunker, and and myself. We appreciate everybody for listening. Again, subscribe, and uh, yeah, we will uh, talk to you guys later on this evening, and this will drop on Monday. Thanks, everybody.